Good Monday morning. We are here after a weekend of much activity and discussion in Memphis and across the country in the wake of the release of the video of the killing of Tyree Nichols. Many opinions abound. It was a peaceful weekend across the country, which is a good thing. But in lieu of us discussing this endlessly, we've decided to uh, get the attorneys that are involved in things like this on the air to discuss what they saw, what they think, and what they believe is yet to come. Uh, Toby Welch works in the area of criminal law, along with our friend Bill Jones and his brother Scott Jones. They discuss the issues, and you can hear it all right here for the next hour. So let's just let them go at it. Uh, Toby Welch, Bill Jones, and Scott Jones on Drake Digital. All right. Thank you. We're back. This is another uh, Ask Lawyer Bill special. Uh, with us today, we have, as always, my brother, Christopher Scott Jones. Scott, are you with us? I am. Good to be here. And uh, we brought back uh, one of my best friends in the entire world, the godfather of uh, my kids, uh, the best, best man I could ever have. This is uh, Toby Welch, criminal attorney down in Jackson, Mississippi. How are you today, Toby? I'm well, sir. How are y'all? For for a Sunday, uh, I'm doing good. Uh, so that's when we are uh, recording this Sunday night. So if any, we we mention that because so many things are changing quickly and drastically in this case. Um, I, I just want to make sure folks understand at what point we're basing our knowledge uh, and our understanding of what's going on in this matter. So. Um, We've all had, I, I assume, I have watched the film in total. Scott, have you seen them? Yes, I have. I've seen, well, be clear, I know they released over an hour, uh, I think, worth of combined footage, but there's a couple of uh, outlets where you can go where they've they've put it into about an eight, seven or eight minute with the audio laid over um, and some of those things. I've seen, I think it's about 31 minutes of it. Yeah, Toby. What about you? Uh, I've watched the uh, the what I found was like a appeared to be like a thirty minute one. In addition, I watched the uh, the uh, body cam footage from the like the first or the not the first officer, but whatever I guess late to the party on the original stop, uh, and then when you can see Mr. Nichols get away from these people. So I, those are the two that I, I've I've kind of watched. Yeah. Um... You know, initial thoughts. I think the same as everybody, and it's 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 brutal. Um, it's it's just vicious. Um, I found the uh, the in trying to figure, you know, get a good picture of of what happened. I think the the sky cam footage um, was more useful for me to look at than the the body cam footage. Well, here's here's what we don't know. Uh, based upon that that first footage we've seen, we still do not know what we haven't seen anything that that would give rise to probable cause to make the stop in the first place. Correct. I, I well, haven't I, seen any of that video footage. I haven't seen any dash cam. Yeah, I haven't. I, I didn't see any. Uh, 
what you call yeah, as Scott said, dash cam or, or, or body cam of the original uh, stop. I mean, I, I the only thing I was able to see is when it picked up and the the officer got out and uh, uh, went to and, assist um, the other other guy. Uh, yes, as they tore him out of the car. Uh, and I, I believe the original claim was reckless driving. Now, and I looked into that just a little bit, you know, in the state of Tennessee, if you're doing 25 over the speed limit, that's deemed reckless driving. But I don't know if there's any footage been released of it. I just know I think the claim was um, reckless driving. Well, my, so my first, my first thought was I didn't hear them. Um, now, some, some disclaimers here, okay? Because, because of the surroundings and the time I want to be make full disclosure. I am probably the poster boy for white privilege and Scott's not far behind me and Toby's not far behind him either. So you've got three, three middle-aged white dudes talking about this. And I'm, I'm going to acknowledge that on the front end. Um, the, but my experience, when I get pulled over, they generally ask me for my license um, I, I generally don't get asked for registration. I don't, I don't know that anybody really carries that around here. Um, but I did not, that was my first thought was I, I didn't hear the officer being like, Hey, give me your license. It was immediately, uh, seems like it was immediately escalated. Did, did y'all notice that or have that thought? Well, well when I saw it, it would have appeared to, again, based on 20 plus years of, of, the, you know, mostly criminal defense, uh, and four years on kind of sort of on the other side a little bit that it certainly appeared to be what they call a, what we call a pretextual, pretextual stop. And so what's units, a pretextual stop? Well, units like this, I think they're the scorpion unit. These again, they're, they go by various and sundry names. Uh, jump out boys is kind of what, uh, the, the term is here in Jackson. They're undercover or uh, not, you know, completely marked uh, uh, police vehicles and, police, you know, groups of officers, three, four, five, whatever the case may be, who ride around and, and decide, hey, he looks suspicious or they look suspicious. We're going to uh, uh, pull them over, but we need a pretext for the stop. Invariably, it's going to be careless driving, reckless driving, failure to yield, you know, didn't use the blinker. Stuff like that, and the only reason you do that is to get them stopped, uh, and at that point, so so you can search the vehicle. Uh, and uh, you know, doesn't matter how many times I've I've seen this, I'll have clients that end up having you know drugs or or whatnot in the vehicle. The officers always say that, uh, oh yes, we asked for consent and they gave consent, uh, even though of course it's never recorded or anything like that. Uh, that's what it, and again, without seeing what the original thing was, uh, it, you know, he may have been reckless driving, but if it was just, uh, basically a traffic offense, I'm curious as to how there were five officers there immediately for just yeah. a, a, you know, a traffic offense. No well, and yeah, since you've kind of, y'all have kind of brought up the, I guess the probable cause thing. I mean, I know in a traffic stop, once you're approaching them, sure, you've got probable cause to pull them over and write them a ticket if they've done something. But to to pull somebody out of the vehicle, I mean, at, my understanding is you, you can garner reasonable suspicion, but but you've got to still gain probable cause to pull somebody out and search the vehicle. 
unless some type of exception to the to the warrant rule applies. But I, I, I didn't see any time in there where you went from reasonable suspicion. I just saw, you know, door handle being yanked, guy being pulled out of the car. Yeah, that that uh, it pretty much the it didn't even escalate quick. I mean, it began escalated. Yeah, that, I think that's a accurate statement. So, so when we join, we've got uh, an officer that that kind of joins in the fracas, and then um, they they spray them, they pepper spray them, and we uh, Mr. Nichols gets up and and runs and we see there's you know the officer in pursuit and then he gets winded and stops um so that officer that officer was white or sounded like he was white um you know later on he he makes a remark about i, I hope they beat him down uh, or something something like that um why toby why hasn't that officer been charged based upon what you saw well that officer from what I saw, I don't even think he, and it's kind of hard to tell. I don't know if he put hands on him or, or not. Uh, so, again, without knowing what the, the, the real reason for it was, uh, and, you know, we, again, don't know if, if there was a legitimate reason, and they had asked him to get out of the car, and he refused, you know, without seeing what occurred, uh, you know, I don't know if that was, you know, illegal that, or, or or incorrect at, at you know what they were doing there it seems kind of overkill even if he had refused to get out of the car but uh you know but yeah the officer was there uh, all the true criminal actions uh occurred you know further down the i guess the road and that officer was not uh there or uh, did not participate in those so there would have there's really no reason for him to you know be charged well and for for me I mean, you go to the initial traffic stop, which is the video we're talking about. Things are, I understand, you know, people have watched it. To me, things are a lot different from that initial traffic stop until that second point um, where, where, you know, they catch up with him once he's fled on foot. Now, I I know there are certain rules in place that talk about, you know, that you can you can only do certain things to, to stop somebody. Um, for instance, if you think they represent a greater danger, um, you can elevate the amount of force you want to use. Um, like, uh, I believe there was a case last year where it was shown that, uh, you know, there was a guy at a drive through line and he was trying to get away and it was later determined he had a handgun. So them using excessive force to try and stop him was justified because he could have posed a greater threat of harm. I've never heard anything talked about any weapons or anything at the initial traffic stop or any, you know, did they feel something in his pocket that, that would have given, given way to what we saw at the second instance where they kind of met up. It Look, to me, as somebody who doesn't know anything like criminal law, it, it looked like, like Toby said, it was escalated from the start. Um, it just it just seems like it was a little over the or not a little it was over the line the initial stop when they sprayed the you know when they sprayed Mr. Nichols he got up and ran um and and it's at the second second stop that when they caught him um that they proceeded to just beat him there's no other way to to put it and that's that's where i was going with is even once they caught up with them at, at the second time, 
I can't see once he was restrained. I mean, justifiable to use the amount amount of force no, on the that, second I one. I I, yeah, I don't think anybody's even debating that. I mean, if you if you look at that, there's no question that the amount of force used was excessive, unnecessary, and and I don't even. I mean, they're they just they whooped him for no. Yeah, reason. and that's and that's what I was saying. The first stop, there's maybe a point to be made, right? Where we didn't get to see what happened before. We don't know if. You know, swerving through five lanes, and and then you know you see a a perpetrator supposedly get up and run off. Well, well even once they caught up with them, I, I've never I didn't see any justification where there's reason to use the amount of force, even if you could make a point on the traffic stop. Once they caught up with them, I don't see it. Yeah, again, I don't think anybody's arguing that there there was, but these these guys were charged with second degree murder. So, Toby, tell us a little bit about uh, that charge, why they've been charged with that. But real quick, just to go back to y'all's point regarding the force, police are supposed to be trained in various, uh, you know, compliance techniques is what they call them. What I saw on the, I guess, the Sky Cop video, there was, that was not compliance techniques. I mean, one or two, one of them came up with like a, a running, you know, start and kicked Mr. Nichols. I want to say twice. I know for at least once because he almost yeah. fell down. I, I, I counted three, but yeah. Yeah. And, and and once the person is handcuffed, you know, basically once a person is handcuffed, any kind of a punch or, or something like that is is a huge no-no. And to and me, there, there's it's when they stood him up. To, yeah, there's yeah that, and and then they again got a what I call it, you know, like a bunny hop or whatever you want to call it, and a crow hop. I'm sorry, like in baseball, to to throw from the outfield to home. I mean, he just got a running start and and waylaid on him. But regardless of any of that, if the suspect is in handcuffs, there's never going to be a time for an ass baton to be whipped out, and you can actually see the guy. You know, you flick his wrist and the and uh, mm-hmm. the, the collapsible baton comes out and he just goes off and, and wails on him. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you can you know. see now you can, you can hear the footage in his body cam vintage, the, the, the guy with the baton, he apparently got pepper spray in his eyes and he was not happy about it. Uh, you see him walking off, uh, spitting and uh, audibly growling before he unleashes his baton. Um, and that's the video footage I watch, Bill, is when they overlay the audio from the body cam footage on the sky cam. Yeah. Um, that, that was very telling to me because you can go back and match up what they're saying at the time. And, and the one was, you know, there's, there's three guys around him trying to get his arm. And the one guy says, well, the baton's coming out. Like Toby said, you see him flick his wrist and then, you know, they, they clear out. They they move out of the way because they don't want to get hit with it. Um, I, I think they're trying to strike his arm or his side in the, in the video. So what we're going to do is um, we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between first and second degree murder. Toby, can you give us kind of a, a broad strokes definition of what that's going to look like for first degree? Uh, like I say, in Tennessee... First degree murder is premeditated and intentional killing of another or killing someone while in the course of a certain type of felony, robbery, kidnapping, uh, arson, stuff like that. 
uh, that is first degree uh, murder. Second degree so murder. The, wait, wait a second. So the 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 first degree, the premeditated murder. There, I know you're not from this area, but there are rumors going around that uh, perhaps Mr. Nichols had um, had a relationship with one of these officers' wives or girlfriend or something to that to that nature. Now, if if that rumor had any merit at this time, as far as we we know, if 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 the authorities knew about that, wouldn't this be a first degree murder charge saying it was premeditated looking for this guy? Not necessarily because I mean it, you know just because they may or may not have been looking for him, what they I mean, obviously at the end of the day they ended up killing him, but it's not like he was you know shot, stabbed, uh, whatnot and eventually, the ambulance does get there. So if they had, for all intents and purposes, literally on the scene, beat him to death, <clears throat> not where he passes away three days later in the hospital, but, you know, basically killed him on scene, then I think that would certainly have been premeditated. Uh, but just because you're out, you know, potentially looking for somebody because you have a grudge or you have a issue or whatever, and you beat them, but not, I guess, to the point of, of, you know, death, uh, I think the argument would be made that, that you had not set out with the design to, to kill them because at the end of the day, you pretty much didn't kill them right then and there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to make it clear. We, we don't know anything about that. That's just, again, it's a prevalent rumor. And even some members of the media have asked if there was an existing relationship between the two and, and all the defense attorneys and, and everybody have, have said no. So I'm going to assume uh, that it's false until until we hear otherwise. I'm sure we would hear it. As a, uh, that, that would explain, as, as we said earlier, that it, it began escalated. That that would explain, I mean, certainly not an excuse or anything, but that might explain how it got, you know, went to, to, to beating with the baton and, and, and roundhouse kicking and punching and stuff. It looked personal. Yes, thank you, Scott. That's yeah, exactly it, how I, the, when I looked at it, it, to me, it looked personal. So the initial stop, I, like I said, I look, I try to look beyond it, even though it's all one incident, because I could, I think a defense could be made for for the initial stop. I don't think they conducted it right. Don't don't get me wrong there, but I'm just saying the amount of force. Once they reached that second location, things changed. Like it felt personal, and it felt like this wasn't just a. I'm mad because I had to chase you and catch up with you. It 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 felt like something else. Now so, that's just hypothesizing. But. So my viewing of it in both instances, whether it's the the first guy chasing or um, or baton guy at the end, it seemed to me like that one of the escalating factors was was the cops got the spray in their own eyes and it just it ticked them all off, um, which I. I don't know. I just noticed that every time they they brought out that pepper spray, uh, things escalated because they were they themselves were upset and irate that they had gotten it in their own eyes, which is kind of asinine. But it, I I wanted to go back real quick and touch. You know, uh, Toby, you've been doing this a long time, and Bill, you have too. Um, my my experience with criminal law is very limited, as it usually just deals with juvenile things. But 
those are the groups of crimes that you kind of mentioned. Those are those felony murder categories that if you're, uh, you know, being so close out of the bar, I guess you could say those are the, your bark crimes, burglary, arson, rape, robbery, kidnapping. And I bring that up because one of the charges that the guys, that the officers have on it was kidnapping. Toby, if you couple the kidnapping with a second degree, um, that allows you, I think, under our guidelines to go for maximum sentencing, but it does not allow for capital punishment. You have to get that, that first degree clear, I think, here in the state of Tennessee, um, qualified in order for capital punishment. But the way they've done it, I think they're still going to be seeking the maximum guidelines uh, by, by partnering that kidnapping up with it. Yeah, uh, but now, I mean, they were charged with aggravated kidnapping, which means uh, basically aggravated kidnapping is false imprisonment with the intent to inflict serious bodily injury on or to terrorize the victim or another. So that's where the aggravated kidnapping comes in, which, you know, kidnapping being one of the, you know, first degree felonies uh listed there uh you know i I think they could have uh charged them with first degree murder so with with the second degree murder charge though what what are they saying occurred well the second degree in, in in mississippi second degree is what's called depraved heart which is just an act evincing extreme indifference to to human life but in in Tennessee, it's a. I'm assuming what the, they're traveling under here is the uh, B section. Uh, if the defendant knowingly engages in multiple incidents uh, or assault or the infliction of bodily injury against a single victim, the people may determine that that, that they were, regardless of one single incident, you know, the cumulative effect makes it second degree murder, which is what I'm assuming they're they're, they're traveling under here uh, with the second degree murder charge. Okay. And that's where I'd, I'd kind of landed on it, too, is that you, even if, and Bill, if we're going to get into defenses in a minute, I'll hold off. But, I mean, even if the one guy had a defense, you've got four guys who have a duty to act standing around. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to talk yeah. about the paramedics in just a second. And okay. in, in fact, we can kind of go into that now. But before we do, Toby, after after you viewed the, the footage, you've been a criminal I mean, you've been practicing 20 years. You've been a criminal defense lawyer, uh, 14. Does does this see a trial? Are these guys going to a trial? It's like I said last week, the ones who, well, back up real quick. I, when I saw the video, the, 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 I call it the relevant, you know, five, six, seven minutes there where they're beating on him and whatnot, did anybody else count more than five officers? I could have sworn there, I saw a six. There were at one point. Now, not when the the beatings occurred. I only counted five. Now, at one I mean, point, I counted, there's, I counted. Sorry, there's ten officers on film. Ten ten folks in uh, uniform in that video at one point. Right, but I could have. And one of them, it seemed like was a little away from. But I'm obviously could see. The the five, well, the the one with the, the baton, the one that with the roundhouse punch and the kick, I don't remember exactly if those were the same people or uh, uh, or different. I would say 
if it were me, the people who, uh, the officers who actually, you know, actively hit him with the baton, kicked him and punched him, uh, you know, always, you know, it's the, the defendant's choice was whether they go to trial or they enter a plea, but, um, the ones who, who I'll just say were, were active in it, they're all just as guilty. I mean, they're it's based on the principle theory, uh, you know, if you participate, even if all you're doing is kind of holding him there, you're just as guilty as the other ones. Uh, but the ones who, who actively did it, you know, this carries, I think, 15 to up to 60 years. Uh, and if you go to, you know, if you, if you try it and you put everybody on the stand, which is, again, your constitutional right, if you're just blatantly, obviously on video guilty, a lot of the times a, a judge or uh, whoever, you know, I'm assuming in Tennessee it'd be the judge on a second-degree murder, you know, that can, it's not supposed to, you know, cause you to have a greater punishment than whether or not you, you pled, but, I mean, reality is that it, a lot of the times it does. Uh, you might decide, no, I, I just not going to run the risk because, you know, if the judge put, you know, sees this and puts everything through it and the jury finds me guilty, you know, he may, the judge may very well decide, no, nah, I'm going to give you all 60. Whereas most of the time, if you uh, enter a plea, there is some type of, of, of you know, recognition of, of, of what you've done, acceptance of responsibility that generally gives you a, a lower sentence. Now, in a case like this, I don't know if it will make that much of a difference, but uh, uh, it, it would help some. Now, the ones who did not actively hit him with the baton or kick him or punch him, uh, you know, in their case, I would assume that they, uh, the, the the prosecution might very well, you know, make some kind of a deal with them for their 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 testimony, but not in like a well, you know, we're going to give you probation for five years. No, I, I don't see any kind of a, a, a plea bargain in something like this that doesn't involve lots of jail time and the ones who actively did it uh, lots and lots and lots of jail time. And now, from from a layman's or not a layman but a, a non-criminal lawyer i i'd be hard pressed to figure out i i, I don't think you can make a deal politically or f as much as you're under the i just don't know how you could make any deal i i just don't know how the da's office under mulroy could do that well th there is you know uh, there's there's deals and then there's deals so, you know, if they, if they made a, a plea bargain offer of, say, five years or 10 years or, quite frankly, 15 years to serve, well, I guess the, the minimum being 15, um, which some of that could be suspended, but, you know, regardless, yeah, I mean, the, the public is would not be happy with that, and I seriously doubt in a situation like this the DA would, would offer that. But at the end of the day, if you're offering uh, to, to not put the family and put the city through, you know, the, the potential issues of a, of a trial and you offer them 45 years to serve. Um, I, I think that's a, that's a different animal than, uh, you know, 10, 15, whatever the case may be there. And I think the, um, the, the key is on, uh, in our state, I do know that, you know, the first degree can carry with it capital punishment. And now below that, uh, to me, it seems like maybe the, the area that Bill's talking about is one carries life in Senate or I'm sorry, life in prison. And the other one carries life in prison without the possibility of parole. 
um, uh, th- th- under that second degree, I think the sentencing guidelines show that. So I think what you're really looking at is a you're going to serve the full sentence of what we give you or you're going to serve the full sentence, but there's a possibility of parole. I don't know that there'd be anything else that you would want to give up, but I, I don't. I don't think it's going to reduce the amount of years or time um, under the sentencing guidelines. I think you'll see it play out where it'll be more of a possibility of parole versus not. Now they've they've suspended two other sheriff's deputies um, on this, but they have not been charged. Bonner has said that they're under investigation. The only time I saw a sheriff involved in this was I saw a uh, a patrol car uh, roll by in one scene. Uh, I think it was an SUV, but I, I don't know that I saw any um, any Shelby County officer or not Shelby County. Yeah, Shelby County officers on scene. Did did either of y'all catch either of them? Uh, I know I based on his statement based on Sheriff Bonner's statement that he issued. But I think this goes back when we were talking earlier about, you know, component of every crime. You have your, your actus reus and your mens rea, those big, scary legal words. Well, but before um, we get in, before we get into that, Toby, did you catch either one of them? No, I, I just, I, I couldn't really tell any difference between any of the folks out there. You know, it was kind of dark. And from what I could gather, they all had some type of police or, or whatnot on the, on the back of their, you know, windbreakers or whatever they're where I couldn't, I couldn't tell any difference between any of the people. All right. Toby, explain to us, uh, first off, what is mens rea and why are we talking about it? Well, mens rea means the state of mind. Uh, so basically, do you have the, the state of mind? Do you have the, uh, the intent to commit in a criminal context to commit whatever the crime it is that, that you have, have been alleged to have committed? All right, so obviously we can't see inside these guys' minds, but we, we've we got no reason to believe that they had um, any motives going into this, right? No. Yeah, I mean... They're, no, I mean they're, that's nothing that we've seen, no. And, uh, you know, the mens rea, I believe in our state, it's, it's you can break it down into three categories, that you specifically intended to do something, that you generally had an intent that could have caused harm, or like Toby said earlier, you just had malice in your heart. Um, but that, does that, that it depraved heart? Does it matter for second degree murder? Is my question because we've heard both of the uh, defense or two of the defense attorneys for these guys already ramble off that um, nobody intended for Mister Nichols to die that night. So is, that, does that matter, Toby? In this, it would matter as opposed to a first degree to a second degree. Um, but again, at least how I'm reading the, the Tennessee second degree, uh, if the defendant knowingly engages in multiple incidents of assault or infliction of bodily injury against a single victim, well, I don't think anyone can, uh, disagree or, 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 or doubt that, that from what we've seen from the video, that was not, oh, I accident, I was swinging my baton at something else and just happened to act. No, I mean. It was clear that they knowingly engaged uh, in in assault. Now, again, the the premeditated. I mean, that would again take it back to first degree, which you know we had the express intention. The our intent was to go and kill this person. 
Um, so just because you, you did not have the intent to go and commit murder, um, but you did have the intent to go and cause serious bodily injury that led to uh, the death of Mr. Nichols, then, you know, whether or not you had the intent to kill him or not, I, the way I read the statute is would be, uh, you know, immaterial. Well, and, and that's why I'm asking, because I'm seeing these attorneys throw this out that, hey, no, no one intended anybody uh, to die. But I'm looking at the footage saying, well, they, they didn't intend them to go home and, and have a good day. I mean, they Correct. they intended to, to beat the the stew out of this guy. I mean, it was just, it was savage. Yeah, and, the, yeah. you know, the definition in our state for malice is, you know, you act with a reckless disregard or you, uh, un, you know, undertake a risk and then there's a, a harmful result can be expected. Well, you strike somebody with a baton like that or you hit them, I mean, the, the, I think it can be, you may not intend to do it, but it can be inferred that, Somebody can die uh, when you do that. Not that. I think they went with second degree because they knew they could get it. Um, first degree may have been a bit of a reach, but really all that takes off the table in our state, my understanding, is the capital murder charge versus a life imprisonment. Um, so, Scott, I think you, you hit on something, too, um, and that was negligence in, in these issues. You, you talked about it for just a second. The two paramedics who from what i understand were or uh, came from a fire department and what i understand is that the the paramedics from the fire department this is kind of their their backup they're generally not as good as emts uh, they're definitely not at the level of a doctor they generally just check airway check airwaves uh you know make sure there's a pulse administer cpr something like that these guys do not have medical license where they're out uh, doing stuff, but surely to God they should be able to look at somebody and tell that that they're in distress. What what the what everyone's saying is it took these guys. I think it's around 15 minutes to start administering care. You don't see them check the pulse, and, and all you do is you see them rely upon the officer's word that he must be on something. Um, if the paramedics see charges for for hit standing around for 15 minutes, I can't imagine because they weren't around when, and I'm asking, they weren't around when the beating occurred, but they arrived on scene and didn't, it seems to me like they were a little derelict in their duties of like checking for a pulse, for blood pressure, airwaves, something like that. It, it, took them a second because they were trying to figure out what this guy was on and the cops are saying he's on something and they want to make sure he's not on something. What's the worst these paramedics are looking at? Could they be looking at a murder at, at, at second degree? No, because they, they did not uh, actually engage in any of the, the, the beatings. So, uh, so the out, outcry at them is just that they failed to do anything. So what are what are they potentially looking at? Probably, you know, probably nothing. I mean, if you've got the way paramedics are, for the most part, they won't actually attend to a, a, a person in need of care or whatever you want to call it until the police tell them that the scene has been cleared, that it's, you know, you know, there's no more potential threat. So if you've got officers saying, hey, this guy's on something, um, 
and they don't rush right to them, I mean, it's, I'd say, probably violates the Hippocratic Oath, but I don't think that there's any kind of criminal negligence. I mean, he's, again, from the video, he's not bleeding out, uh, you know, from, you know, outside cuts, obviously internal injuries were obviously a whole nother matter. Well, and um, some of it's hard. Like, some of it's hard for, to see. It's dark. The the right. ground, I think, is a little wet. Um, but I mean, so, say he had blood spurting out uh, of a you know leg or arm or something like that, and they just stood around and didn't you know suture it, tourniquet, whatever it is you, you do to stop the bleeding. I mean, yeah, I, I would think they would have some some issues. But uh, I think uh, you'd be looking at like a voluntary manslaughter or something well, on that. But no, I mean, I, I don't. I think it would be more of a does Tennessee have a, a failure to, to render aid or, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, so with our actus reus and mens rea, one of the things is that inaction can actually count as as your act itself. And if you have a specific legal duty to act in that scenario and you don't do it, then that inaction can actually count as your act, if that makes sense. Well, as... as- as employees in this line of work, they're, you know, they're supposed to act. I, I can see them losing their job for, for failing to act, but I, I, I was looking for something that was overtly uh, criminal that, that you picked up on Toby. And if you're saying you didn't pick up on anything criminal from the outset, again, that's just your initial uh, instinct. Right. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. I mean, again, it would depend on whether or not there were, there was a, you know, if you're a paramedic and you fail to, again, render aid, but there was nothing that I saw that, that a paramedic could have done that would have made any difference right then. There was, Mr. Nichols has obviously been beaten, you know, as bad as he was. But again, you don't have blood spurting or, or anything like that. Uh, now, my bigger question when it comes to the paramedics and, and the whatnot was I counted approximately 28 minutes from the start of the uh, the Sky Cop uh, video, which didn't pick it up when it all really began, but I counted 28 minutes before the stretcher got even got right. there. So I don't know. There is, to me, that kind of goes back to the, not necessarily, it's not premeditated, but they obviously had, you know, intent to, to, ruined this fellow's life, obviously, which they ended up doing. I mean, after you've done all this, you, you need to, you know, call the ambulance and say, hey, we need you here right now. There was obviously no rush to get actual medical care to him. Now, I don't know, obviously we won't know until the final autopsy is done and, and released. I don't know if that period of, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes of, of no paramedics, no Amulets there would have made Could have any been the difference. difference. Yeah. Could have been. I doubt that even an autopsy would be able to determine that. But, uh, uh, yeah. But, you know, dealing with the paramedics, if they were to be charged with whatever the case may be, failure to, to render aid or whatever, then the other officers who were there who may not have participated in the actual assault, they would also, I would say, could potentially be charged because nobody is rendering aid now i understand that most police officers are not you know in that line of work and don't really know how to do it and again i don't see anything that was you know blood spurting is what i keep going back to but um 
if you arrive on that scene uh, and you see what has occurred, what you know, what however it went down, whether it was legit or not, you've got somebody who's obviously in bad shape. I would be, where is the ambulance? Where is the ambulance? Have y'all caught? Where, where is it? Now, if they, if, you know, if they called them and it just took them, you know, twenty-five minutes to get there, you know, so be it. But uh, there was some no, of, I, I saw no sense of urgency. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that is a been a problem in the city of Memphis EMT response time with ambulances. Uh, they they say that they're understaffed, uh, just like like so many around here. That's that's an issue. Um, I think I I think the heads of all those organizations, though, even you know Sheriff Bonner, stating that just because two of his deputies were there, and we don't know, I, I think right now we don't know a lot. What we don't know, um, I, I think everybody's trying to be precautionary and say, all right, well, obviously what happened here is is of this caliber. We're going to take a long hard look at everybody was there. I, I don't think necessarily that there's one hundred percent something there on the sheriff's deputies or even the uh the paramedics there might be but i think it's a case of um everybody you know ounce prevention pound of cure type thing toby what um what do you think or what's i guess give me your feedback right now how has um how do you think the city of memphis the da's office has and you're muted uh, how do you think the DA's office has handled this so far? I think they have done, uh, you know, no city, nobody has ever set up or, or prepared for anything like this. But I think, quite frankly, that the city of Memphis and especially the district attorney's office has done just a amazing job considering all the, the circumstances here. Uh, now, obviously, I'm not up there. What, was there any, you know rioting or or, no. or the like this weekend no i mean uh, we we haven't had rioting in memphis since 68 what we it, had will, what we I'm had proud was proud of memphis yeah for they, what they showed this weekend i mean i think a lot of people expected what we saw a lot of i think it was last summer and i think everybody kind of heard the the calls of the mother saying you know peaceful protest is fine but i don't want my son remembered this way and i kind of feel like that sentiment carried out from the press conference that they held yeah, they uh, uh, demonstrators shut down 55, um, the the old bridge, and one of the demands was that the um, the Scorpion uh, unit be disbanded, and and they have been. So um, the officers have been charged. Um, you know, the video has been released, so there's transparency. Um, I I don't I don't foresee rioting. Um, locally just because what what the people have asked for so far um, has been done. Scorpion unit's been disbanded. Uh, these officers are are being charged and I think next it, it looks at what type of meaningful long uh, reform is going to be necessary and, and that's a question that's outside of my pay grade. Um, I watched the interview. One of the people was calling for the end of the uh, all special divisions of the MPD. Now, I I don't know how viable that is. I know one of the organizations is OCU, Organized Crime Unit. Um, And I know that, you know, part of that's undercover stuff and things that people don't know about. So I don't know if disbanding every subdivision is 100% viable, but I'm 
you know, there could be other options, but I don't know how you do away with some some critical subgroups like that and still still provide well, the, the functionality and the protection to the community you do. Well, you, you would be well, basically what they're saying is get rid of the <clears throat> the undercover whose only job is to go out and make these pretextual stops mm-hmm. and <clears throat> stop, you know, for the most part, you're going to find either drug users or, or, or low level drug dealers. Um, not to get too far into inside baseball here, but <clears throat> a lot of that is driven by stats. Uh, you know, you get, you know, Oh, we made these many arrests and these many convictions. And a lot of that goes to like grant funding and stuff. Um, that's not the, the main reason for it, but it's certainly part of it. But I would imagine that's probably what they're calling for the abolition of. You're not going to get rid of your investigative, your, your detective bureau. You're not going to get rid of, uh, you know, stuff like that. I, I would imagine it's, more along the lines of that area that they're talking about getting rid of and closing up guys um you know i i think y'all are both right i don't think you can do away with every everything and it's obvious some changes need to be made i think the problem is it's it's hard to find good solutions right now um uh, to to the problem now a question that i've got lingering in my head is in in the George Floyd case, um, we talked a lot about who he was, his past, his history. Um, I know that this young man had Crohn's disease, uh, which is, uh, I'm aware of that because I myself have Crohn's disease. I know that from time to time you have to take a lot of medicine um, uh, and a lot of stuff that, that would show up sometimes on on testing in this autopsy so so with that are they going to try i mean is anybody is is a defense attorney going to come in and try and talk about um this kid's or this young man's life and um and and what he did i mean he he was he was so young i'm not trying to show disrespect by calling him a kid um he he was a young man and he was a member of the community it's just at my age um, everybody seems younger, so I, I I didn't mean any disrespect by that. But that's uh, probably the result of you being a grandpa now. It it is. Um, thank you for pointing that out and making me feel even older. Um, <laughs> again though, is are are we going to see the defense attorneys trying to trying to bring this young man's past and criminal history, which there is none. He's squeaky clean. I mean. Are, is that a defense technique we're going to see like we saw in George Floyd, Toby? Good. If they've got competent criminal defense attorneys, it won't be. You don't, you know, you don't go into a person's, you know, a victim's criminal history or their past to try to smear them, especially if they don't have any. Yeah. Um, but, you know, regardless, say this guy was, had been a, 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 you know, eight-time convicted drug seller. That doesn't change what's on that video even a little bit. Yeah. I mean, nothing. So, no, I mean, again, this goes back to, I, I don't, quite frankly, I don't know how I would defend it. I'll put it to you that way. And I've represented a whole bunch of people charged with a whole bunch of things. This is one where you basically throw yourself on the mercy of the court. Because if you go in there and say, no, we're going to try it. We're going to say, oh, he 
has no never been arrested for anything, has no criminal history. But we, if nothing else, you've got it's got to be actual relevant and factual evidence. <clears throat> you know, the the defense attorneys can't come up there and have witness say, well, we heard that he was. I mean, that 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 wouldn't work anyway. No, I mean, no. I mean, even again, when if, if they have competent attorneys, they're not doing that. Yeah, and even when you're talking about, you know, if you were looking to go uh, talk about a, a heat of heat of passion moment, that's not the case here because the rule there states that once you get to a place where you know the the, the heat isn't there anymore, that the passion doesn't carry through, that that defense no longer plays. And I mean, I, I think we all see once he was subdued, the the beating continued. Um, I, I think that's the greatest defense that the officers have, um, and I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you show any type of provocation if you're, you know, the the attorneys, uh, how you show that, that that suspect fleeing had anything. I mean, there's pretty clear guidelines on when deadly force can be used by an officer um, you know, yeah, he, to, to effectuate the arrest of a fleeing suspect. And it's basically, you got to show that, that that fleeing felon, not only was he fleeing, but that if he were to get away from you, he posed a threat of death or serious bodily injury to somebody else. And I don't see where that's present. We didn't see a firearm. We hadn't heard anything about a firearm. Uh, what? No criminal history or past. So I don't know how you substantiate that. What I saw was hate. I, I don't know any other way to describe it. Um, I know that there's talk about, you know, all, the officers were, were black. He was black. Whether or not it was racist, I know that's been in the theater or in, in uh, online that I've, I've I've seen. To me, this comes down to hate. Um, I, I don't know the motives, but to see five grown men hold another grown man up, uh, five men who were were sworn to protect the citizens of Shelby County of Memphis. To see them hold him up, I don't, I don't think that's race. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's hate. I think what we saw was was hatred, um, in its in its oldest form, rearing its head up. And and I want to know why. I want to know why folks who swore to protect this young young man ended up taking his life for no reason. Um, and and I don't know that we'll ever truly no but um it just seems like this country so divided on everything right now um i i am i'm with you scott i'm proud of of memphis and and how they've reacted um you know even during the the george floyd thing memphis led the way and i'm glad to see us continuing to to lead the way um it's been a tough it's been a tough six months for memphis uh between the the this the shooter the kidnapping uh, the murder, kidnapping the murder. Yeah. it's Mulroy's had a uh, a run of it i talked with somebody who um who uh has knowledge of the inner workings of Mulroy's office and and they indicated that the team that they've put together uh to prosecute these guys is about as good as anybody could hope for um so that's I'm looking forward to to seeing uh, seeing this. I'm sure that the trial will be be televised if there is one. Um, Toby, any closing thoughts for us today? 
No, I, I just I, I would like to echo your your sentiments about uh, Memphis and how well you know they've handled this. And again, the the transparency we talked about this over you know last week. The transparency <clears throat> that the the city and the district attorney's office showed uh, releasing what they could, um, as opposed to you know no comment or under further investigation, uh, and the swiftness with which. Uh, the the police reacted and the DA again with bringing the, the charges. A lot of the times these kind of things when they happen and the rioting and the violence and the whatnot breaks out, it's because of, you know, invariably the officers are on, you know, administrative leave or, well, we can't release anything because it's still under investigation. And then of course, then the video comes out either leaked or, or whatever, and you see horrific things and the perpetrators are, you know, basically on paid leave. So people are just, you know, outraged, obviously. Whereas in this case, like I said, Memphis handled it, as far as I can tell, <clears throat> about as good as it could possibly be handled in a situation like this. All right. Well, Toby, I'm sure that Scott and I will uh, will probably ask you back um, later on in the month or as the trial on this starts, but we, we appreciate you giving us your time coming on and giving us your thoughts if you've got a question uh or need criminal defense in down in jackson mississippi toby how, how do the people get in contact with you uh well it's summer all in welch <clears throat> we practice all over the state but uh office number is 601-355-8775 or you can email me at toby t-o-b-y at criminallawyer.ms thanks again for your time as always, to get Scott and I, you can visit us online at LawyerBill.com or get us at the uh, at the office. That number is 901-761-5353. My dog downstairs thinks it's time for me to get off, so we will. Thanks for tuning in and checking us out. We'll be back Thursday morning at 730 with the live Ask Lawyer Bill for questions. Hit us up online at LawyerBill.com or on Twitter at LawyerBill. Have a great week, Memphis, and uh, y'all be good to each other. Thanks. Our thanks to Bill Jones and his brother Scott Jones, attorneys at law in Memphis, and uh, Toby Welch from Oxford, who deals in criminal law, which is what their talk has been about. Tyree Nichols, the video released on Friday, and uh, their observations at the present time. There will be more as every day goes by, and we'll return to discussions from attorneys when need be. So we thank them for their time and their involvement in this, and we'll see them again next time. This is Drake Digital.